1001 Books, the podcast where we normally read the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're really worth your time. But today we're doing something else. I'm Chelsea, a lover of Harry Potter and any good book that's going to make me cry. And I'm Nicole, a lover of Harry Potter and historical fiction. Today, we're doing something fun. Um, Right now, PBS, over the course of this last summer, has been doing The Great American Read, where they started with 100 books um, that people had voted were not necessarily by American authors, but the most beloved books in America. And then they've been, people have been voting and they've been getting Mm -hmm. down and they just released their top 10 and the final vote is sometime soon. So we thought it would be fun to talk about these 10 books and how we feel and what we think should be the Great American Read book. Because excitingly, we've both read all of the top 10. Yeah. So um, we're just going to walk through the list one at a time and kind of talk about them. And then at the end, we'll make our predictions. Ooh, and before that, <coughs> what what are we drinking tonight, Chelsea? Oh, yeah. We are drinking a rum drink with a mango and coconut Seltzer water, seltzer water and some berries thrown in to because it was warm and they were frozen sure so you know we're really classing it up over here well it's, it is classy because it's a brand of seltzer water that we had in the uk and so we were like oh that we want to have we want to buy this yeah that. and we bought actually one of the flavors we got in the uk an elderflower favor for one of our friends amanda who loves that flavor so we thought we would uh, and she's listening to the podcast well. so it'll be a total surprise when we get to her um <laughs> But yeah, so we, if you want to look at our drink, you can look in our Instagram post or the picture on this episode. Yeah. All right. So we got 10 books to talk about. I thought we could just chat about each one in our experience of that book or series. Mm-hmm. Um, so in no particular order, the first book is Outlander. Have you read this series? I've read the first five in the okay. series. So up to the Fiery Cross. Yeah. Um, and I read this book. Interestingly enough, I read Outlander when I was like 15 or 14. That's really young. (laughs) Because, um, I was at Barnes and Noble and I had read all the teen sections books and my mom was with me and one of the Barnes and Noble's employees recommended it to me, a child. Um, so definitely, uh, was a little young for it. There's a (laughs) lot of like sex scenes in that book and a lot of really terrible things happen. Um, but then I waited a couple of years and like freshman year of college, I read the other ones up to number five. Um, I really like this series. It has some problematic things in it, but overall it's just really engaging. It's really interesting. Claire and Jamie are a really cool set of characters that mesh together. Um, and their kid, Brianna and Roger, Roger, the kids that are later in the story. Um, well, I guess they're, they're in the story as adults, but are, are really interesting as well. Yeah, I read these a couple of years ago, all of them up to current, which I think you're like two books behind. Mm-hmm. And I've been waiting for three years for the next book to come out. Uh, and there's a real cliffhanger. And so it's very annoying. Oh. But, and I, but I love these books. I love time travel books. That's like my favorite trope yeah. in the world. And I love it. And I love because the reason that like the first book it has... World War Two and romance and time travel and magic. It's just like all of these genres is because mm-hmm. when the author wrote it, she was like, just like, I don't know if I can really be a writer, but I'm just going to write a book for myself. And then she was able to get it published. And that's why it's like so crazy and interesting. Um, co- like I didn't know that part. Genres. And so I just really love that. And my mom and I watched this TV show like oh, that's mm-hmm. on. I made my parents get stars so we could watch it. <laughs> 
when I go to their house. Um, and yeah, I just I've only read these books these books once, but I like feel immersed in this world still all the time. You know, yeah. Um, I think that they're definitely like they're immensely readable and very accessible to people, and but they're definitely very. I think I can't imagine a man reading these books, you know? No, neither can I. I mean, even um, watching this series, it's definitely geared towards women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second book on the list is Harry Potter. Which obviously we love. Uh, I <laughs> what mean, can we say? Uh- <laughs> I love me some Harry Potter. It belongs on every list ever, in my opinion. Uh, but my first experience reading Harry Potter, I'd already read... Some of them, but the first like memory I have really with Harry Potter was on my first solo plane trip. I had the books on um, tape, and my mom gave me a cassette player. Wow! <laughs> to listen to the Harry Potter books on tape on the plane. Um, oh no, no, no! That's not true. Sorry. I was on a plane sitting next to a woman who was sitting listening to the Harry Potter books on tape on the plane, and she let me listen to one of the tapes. Oh. And then I listened to them after that. I got them from the library. Um, and it was just such a great experience, and it was so funny because that was um, around the time – it was before the fourth book had come out, and so you didn't really know how to pronounce any of the names. And so I was listening to the tape for the first time oh. on that plane, and I was hearing all the names, how they should have been pronounced. And it was so cool. So That's really funny. I love Harry Potter. Yeah, my first reading experience was, I think I read the first three when I was a kid, and they were coming out, because we're, like, almost the same age as, like, those characters were, mm-hmm. really close, and um, and then I did, and then I stopped reading them, and then you and our friend of the podcast, Amanda, were always trying to get me to read them, and then I think the summer of freshman year of college, we were all back in our hometown, and... Amanda just like put those books in my car. Was like read them one summer, and that, and I read them all while working full time in two weeks. And there's just like two weeks where I did nothing but like read these books and go to work and sleep, and it was glorious. Because you hadn't read them when Amanda and I went to the final book release. No, I wasn't into it then. Yeah, and so then I was like immediately obsessed and loved it. And then I've read them many times since then. But I always say that Harry Potter is like it's the series that. If I'm going through a major life transition or even if I don't actually consciously know I'm going through a transition, but I am mm-hmm. or like I, I'm really worried about something, I always pick up this series yep. without even thinking about it because it's so it's so immersive and it helps me get out of my head and it's so comforting it's and it makes me believe there's yeah. good in, good in the world. And so it's usually like, oh, I just reread Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, this huge thing was happening in my life. But I, at the time, it was just instinct. I just read them. I wasn't, I wasn't aware that I was doing it because I was going through a big change. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be hard for me to fight the bias and not choose Harry Potter. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I have a Harry Potter spell tattooed on my body. Yes, <laughs> I also we all have a Harry Potter tattoo. So this I feel like it's hard to say like what since this is like people are voting, are they voting on the book that got them in the reading? Uh-huh. Are they voting on the book like this? That's their comfort food. Are they voting on something they think is great literature? You don't know. Everyone's yeah. going to be different. And so it's hard. We can choose how we vote. Um, but I, this book is like very central in my life in a mm-hmm. way that no other series or book is really. Yeah. That's not like a religious text or something, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it has had a profound influence. Our friendship has been, so, so impacted by yeah, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just, I love it. I love it, I love too. it. Yeah, we really need to have that mini-soda about Harry Potter someday. Yes. Mm. All right, what's book number three? Book number three is Charlotte's Web, more of a kid's book. 
Oh, I love this book. When I, I teach first grade now and it's a little, I don't read it to first graders. I think end of year first graders could get Charlotte's Web, but I used to read Charlotte's Web to my second and third graders when I taught second and third grade. And it always just, oh, kids always cried when Charlotte dies. Like, oh, oh like you're sitting at circle time and, and then they're just crying as you read it to them. Because they loved it so much yeah. because it's just that kind of book. Like, I feel like. Yeah. There's not anyone who has bad memories from reading Charlotte's Web. Yeah, I have a very specific cartoon version of it that comes to my mind. Yeah, I'm just like I'm sure there's multiple versions of it. Well, there's Pendleton the rat in the movie, and he talks, and he. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm considering like some like very like still shots of images Mm -hmm. from this movie that I remember. I definitely haven't read this book since I was a kid, but as all humans do, apparently, I enjoyed it at the time. Um, and it's I think it's. All of the books on this list, I feel like, have a strong moral of, like, if you believe in love and, and you love and you mm-hmm. be a good person, good like, in the end, like, there's hope. Yeah. Like, that's the theme of all these books, because I think that's the universal human story that what our hearts, like, long for is for hope, yes. you know? And oh, so- I guess. I haven't read all ten of these. I haven't read one of them. I was going to say. I, I didn't know that. There's one that. on here that's on the 1001 books list that you haven't read. Yeah. So. All right. So book number four is The Chronicles of Narnia. Ugh. Um, I also love these. I love these, too. I think there's maybe one in the middle that I didn't read because I didn't. I got them from the library. I never owned no. the full back. Did you set. read these when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't. I know that I missed one of them in the Chronicles, but I don't know which one it is. I'd have to re yeah. read them to figure it out. Um, but I actually, I really, really like um, The Magician's Nephew. Oh, the, it's, the one very of, it's my favorite. Chronologically the mm-hmm. first. I did, This is another book. I didn't read these until college. Like My parents didn't introduce me to these books. And I love them. And I bought them all in one giant binding when the very first movie Ooh. came out. And um and I love them and these are kind of the same that they're very immersive and I don't reread them as often as Harry Potter but at least once every like three to five years I'll read straight through. That I don't one think giant I've reread book. the series, but I have read um, the Magician's Nephew and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe three or yeah. four times each. Oh, yeah, and I think my favorite one is the Last Battle. The very oh, last I like that one, one too. Um, I like uh, really, the I think I like really the beautiful. silver chair too. Yeah, I like the silver chair. Did you know that Netflix just bought the rights to do this as a t- t- TV show? Oh like no, a, mi- a mini series. Yeah. Oh, how exciting! That'll be so good. That'll be so great because I feel like they stopped making the movies because the actors grew up. Uh huh. You know? So, and th- I feel like those movies, um, Prince Caspian and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And that they made the Dawn Treader, right? I think so, yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever saw that one. I feel like they were really good adaptations. I thought they were really, they were really I think I only... Oh, gosh. Sorry, guys. I think I only saw The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but I thought it was a very good adaptation. Yeah. yeah I saw Prince Caspian. It was good. Um, and I know that there's like a BBC version that people really love, but I've never I've seen it. I've never that. seen it. Yeah. 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 Um, book five is Jane Eyre. When did you first read that book? Um, I want to say late high school. Um, I'm pretty sure I read it in late high school. I really liked it, the the novel Jane Eyre, but most of my feelings with Jane Eyre are actually linked to, um, the Air Affair, the Jasper oh, Ford series. Oh, I love series. those books. So there's a Jasper Ford is an author who wrote a series about characters where they live in a world where you can kind of go into books. Well, what she can, the yeah, main character, true. not everybody. Yeah, she can um, go into books, and 
Um, and there's a whole book world where like those characters are like real. People. Yeah. And so, yeah. and like, um, books are really, there's a lot of like, um, laws and things about text and books in the world. And it's really interesting. And the first book is about Jane Eyre and the air and it's called the air affair. And she like falls into the book of Jane Eyre. And so, and something's the matter, right? Yeah. Like she's a detective and they have to figure out and why the ending of Jane Eyre is changing. changing. Yeah. And so when I read, um, that book, I went back and read Jane Eyre again. Oh. So interesting. I don't think the first read, read of Jane Eyre had like a lot of impact on me. Like I remember reading it. Yeah. But then after I'd read that other book that brought it in, it was like so much more interesting to me because it was linked to another book that I really liked. Yeah. I read Jane Eyre. I know for sure that I read it when I was 12 because I read it when my family went to Hawaii on vacation. Um, and I feel like I was that is too young <laughs> to read mm-hmm. Jane Eyre and that a lot of it like – like the long discussions between Jane Eyre and Rochester, I just like skimmed because they were me- meaningless to me as a 12 year old. But I remember liking it. And I feel like that's a book that deserves an adult reread. But I think it's on the 1001 books list. I think so. I'm not positive, but I feel like it yeah, is. Yeah. So I wouldn't. So I was going to read it next time, sometime in the next 40 years as an adult. But that's what I, I feel like deserves a reread. Um, because I think it would make a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> that 12 was a little young. <laughs> um, The next one on the list is Pride and Prejudice. Classic. Which you'll notice in our picture that that's one of the books I have on my bookshelves. I was really thinking when we did this that I own about seven of these yeah, books. Yeah, I have but only six, I think. Two were with me here at um, my condo. But um, yeah, Pride and Prejudice. I love Pride and Prejudice. I read it, I think early high school I read it earlier than I'd read um Jane Eyre because it was one of the first like that era of novels Mm -hmm. that I read um and I just love Jane Austen's like world I have you read all of Jane Austen's books no I've read Emma Pride and Prejudice and then I always forget which other one I've read I think North and Jurabi but it might be you haven't read Sense and Sensibility I I don't oh, think I have. That's my favorite one. Sense and I think that's the one I'm missing. Um, well, there's one other one too, isn't there? There's Mansfield Park Mansfield's and Park. Persuasion. Um, but so I, and I love like Pride and Prejudice ad- adaptations. I'm all about Pride and Prejudice. Lizzie Bennet Diaries on YouTube. It finished like five years ago, but if you have not watched it and you have six hours of time, you need to watch <laughs> it. I have, um, an ex-boyfriend actually bought me the like, DVD set of it. I have it somewhere. I have no idea where it is, but oh. I own the Lizzie Bennett DVDs. Interesting. From when they were piece of them. Wow, what an era when you would love something on YouTube and then you'd buy it on yeah. DVDs. That does not exist anymore. So That's crazy. I love Pride and Prejudice. I think it, I, I'm due for a reread. It's been about five years, I think, since I read it. Yeah, I think I read this in high school also. I had like a Jane Austen phase where I read Emma and Sense Sensibility. Um, and Pride and Prejudice. And then later, I know I read Persuasion and Mansfield Park. I don't think I've read Northanger Abbey. Um, and I feel like Pride and Prejudice is just like the, if you think of a classic with like that has like mm-hmm. a perfect rhythm, a perfect narrative arc, it's Pride, Pride and, Prejudice. and Prejudice. And when on the podcast, when we talk about like, oh, this book feels like comfort food, to me, that's basically mm-hmm. the synonym of saying because it feels like Pride and Prejudice yeah. feels. Um, I read this uh, great book actually recently this year called The Jane Austen Project. I don't remember who it was by, but it was uh, set in the like distant future where we had just humans had discovered time travel, Mm -hmm. but also the world was like 
you know, had had a huge dying out of nature species plants and stuff and was like everything life was really different. And but then people got really upset, were really obsessed with Jane Austen for some reason. Interesting. And, and people were trying to go back and like find out how she died because I guess it's sort of a mystery mm-hmm. what really caused her death in real life. And so these two people like spent years, like all this time learning how to be people in her era. And then they went back and like befriended her and stuff. And, and, uh, and then their actions like change the future. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was, and there was romance and it was just re- time, it was, it travel. Was time travel. It was, you know, right up my alley, but it, uh, it, that made me want to reread some Jane Austen, but a bunch of her books are on the list. So I don't want to read them now because yeah. we could draw them at any time. I'm actually dying for us to draw a book to read for the podcast that one of us has read already me too because i think that'll be a really fun experiment but thus far it has not happened because we both only had read so about many. 50 out of a thousand so the odds are not great which it should have happened by now though i mean it's totally random though because every yeah. time there's just a one you know like you a, have like a, a 50 and 980 <laughs> chance now or whatever yeah. you know yeah um, okay, tell us about book seven. So book seven is To Kill a Mockingbird, Ooh. which I, I... That was on our both our top fives, right? I love that book. I read it in high school for... What grade did we read it in? Tenth. Tenth grade. Um, I've read it twice since. Like wow. in college. I had to read it once, and then I think I read it somewhere in other a second time in high school because I really liked it. Um, so it's been a good, like, 10 years since I've read it, but I really liked that novel. I really love Scout and the, like, kind of story of how everything happens, and I thought it was an interesting picture of um, environments in the South and, like, what does – I don't know. I just, I just really think it's a good book. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like – I feel worried because I feel like it, it may have been tainted by all the – drama around go tell it to the watchman or whatever that was yeah go even tell whether watchman. people like it or not like that book just had so much drama about it but i'm like to kill you but you have you didn't, so you didn't read no. you so i read this yeah we read this book in 10th grade and i liked it and i haven't read it since and then i read go tell a watchman and he, and many people hate go tell a watchman mm-hmm. but i thought it was really good i thought that the things that it had not necessarily like the story or the because it, it was obviously like this is a book she wrote before To Kill a Mockingbird and she didn't want to publish, you know, uh-huh. um, and she someone probably tricked her into publishing it when she was an old lady, which is not good. Um, but I thought the things it had to say were were really good about about finding out your parents aren't perfect and about how complex racism is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me want to reread To Kill a Mockingbird because in the way I think. <sighs> we think about we should be thinking about race now i think to kill a mockingbird might be a little bit white saviorish mm-hmm. which i think if i read the book now i might not like it yeah um because i, I, I think i think so i would find either. it to be problematic because in my memory it's very white saviorish right and then in the sequel or whatever mm-hmm. um you find out that the dad isn't as perfect as he seems which i feel like we should have no humans aren't perfect yeah. you know um that's why it didn't People were pissed because of that, but I think because I think I think it makes perfect. it more real. It yeah. makes the characters more real, um, and I, so that's why I like the sequel. But so this book, it's like I right now I just have to be neutral on my feelings for it until we reread it for the podcast, yeah. um, whenever that day comes, because this is on the list, right? I know. So, I wonder. Mm. It's been a long time since I've read that one. It's also been a long time since I've read Jane Eyre, and 
um, two of the books that are later on that we'll talk about. So I wonder what those books would feel like being reread. So I wonder how many of these books, like when people were voting out of 100, they picked books that were um, like they love this when they were younger and they mm-hmm. read it um, and then they haven't read it in 15 years because they just read it in a formative period of their lives. Um, but now it doesn't mean it doesn't really stand. They're the nostalgia time. books. Yeah. Nostalgia. They're nostalgia books. Cause I, I feel like when I vote, would vote on something like this, that's how I would vote. Mm-hmm. And I think that like today, if they're still making 10th graders read to kill a mockingbird, I think they should be making them read a book by a person of color about race. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be the book that American curriculum oh, yeah, makes no, you no. read. Cause it, you shouldn't read a book about by a white person about race as, as like, that this is the one book we're going to give you in your public when you school only education. Have one, yeah. yeah, I know that shouldn't be the choice. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these are those nostalgia books, and how much that that is how you would vote if only given one option. Yeah. So number eight is the one book on this list I have not read. I will read it for the podcast. Is Gone with Gone with the Wind. Um, so this is a book I also I read. I read it. I read it in high school because I loved this movie when I was a kid. Um, my mom like watched this movie with her mom mm-hmm. when she was a kid and then we watched it. Um, and then the book is actually really different than the movie. There's like whole characters and stuff that are cut out. And uh-huh. so it has a lot more depth and I really love member loving it, but kind of the same thing is that I don't know what I would think about it mm-hmm. now trying to be a more enlightened person reading it. Um, because it's about the civil war and race and, and it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a pro Southern civil war book. And I think I even read once that like the author, Margaret Mitchell was born after the civil war, but uh, pretty close to right after, but the, her family didn't, it was just never talked about that they had lost the war and she thought they had won until she was like nine. Interesting. And I went to her, the house that she lived in when she wrote the book in Atlanta, which is now like a historical uh-huh. site. Um, and that they, that's one of the things that they said. Uh, and then did you know that when they made this movie, they had the premiere in Atlanta, you know, because that's where the book is. No. Set. Uh, and but then the black actors in it who play this characters that are slaves couldn't come to the premiere because of segregation. Seriously? It was 1939. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and then like the woman who, play, who plays her like black nanny won an Oscar for it, but she couldn't go to the premiere because she is black. And so it's it's a really interesting book because it's uh the book was affected by how people in the South, white people in the South mm-hmm. were thinking about race 30 years after the Civil War. And then the movie yeah. was affected by how race was still an issue, you know, years after. 60 years later, right? After yeah. it was published. 130. God, I can do math. That's almost the present. So, <laughs> um. <laughs> and now we could look at an intimate picture of how racial relations in the South are. Yeah. So I'm, when we get to, <laughs> when we draw this book for the podcast, I'm curious about how I feel about it yeah. now. But I agree. I think this is. For me, this would still be a nostalgia vote to get mm-hmm. on this list. And I think that if you were a person of color, you would hate this, hate it. Yeah. So that's not a very good thing. Also, let's point out that every book on the top 10 that made it the top 10 is written by a white person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people out of the 100, how many were people of color? Interestingly, though, a most lot of, of the list is written by women. That's true. That's so something. So there is some. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, and it's like a mix of like more current books mm-hmm. and then like really like classics you read in school books. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to think that the average American only reads six books a year. And what books and are they And you probably read more than that when you had to, right? In and school. speaking kind of to the lack of diversity, you have to think that the average American who's reading six books a year is only looking at those books that are on like the top 
Right, bestsellers and then ones that are bestsellers are. Unfortunately, yeah. unless you're looking for it, it still is hard to find books yeah. by authors of color um, that are like you have to look for yeah, good you, representation you in them, books. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if you just you're took what reader, was yeah, being fed to you, you wouldn't find them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's book eight. Book nine is Little Women. Aww. And I love this book. I love this movie. <sighs> I'll never get over the death in this book. I guess I've given away other spoilers. When Beth dies, it's I don't the think worst it's a, thing. This book is 150 years old. I don't think it's a spoiler. It's the worst. Ugh. I first, my mom bought me this book probably in very early high school or late middle school. And then I tried to read it like two or three times and I, I was just too young for it. We and then had, I read it probably late in high school and loved it. We yeah. had conversations about this book. I think our, we got it in middle school because we talked multiple times about how we, this was the book we would try and not finish when we were middle schoolers. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I remember having a phone conversation <laughs> with you about trying to read little woman again. That's funny. And then we both eventually read it yeah. and liked it. Uh, and I love the like Winona Ryder movie adaptation mm-hmm. of this, of this book. Um, I haven't reread it at all, though, since high school. Yeah, and I never read any of her other books. I think I read one other one that was like a sequel to Joe's Little Women. Boys. Yeah, I think I read that. Um, but also a while ago. I, I feel like I my strong feelings this are more about the movie than the book. Yeah, me too. I don't really... They all blend together for me. They don't have distinction. Yeah. 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 But I Similar think to Pride and Prejudice, like... The YouTube series and the British adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and the book are all just like, it's just like an amalgam. <laughs> um, and the last book on this top 10 list is Lord of the Rings series. So I first read this probably in like middle school mm-hmm. uh, and then I reread it the year I lived in Cambodia right after college because it was some books that were available. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, yeah, because I read it because we had to read The Hobbit in sixth grade for Hobbit. school. Yeah. And we had to make like stupid newspapers. I remember mine was called the Gandalf Gazette. The Hobbit <laughs> As an assignment. Yeah. And then and then I read these books shortly after and I really liked them. Weirdly, I didn't see the movies when they came out. And then I, I've only seen the movies one time in college where in like a weekend we watched all the extended versions. Oh, funny. So I don't know where they like break. It was like that was, it was so close together. Uh-huh. Um, but I really love these books. And these are also on the list. And I'm like excited to reread them. Are all three of them on the list? Is I think they're all. I think they're on as a series. So Sweet. I'll have to read them all. Yeah. And I, uh, I feel like people's dislike of these books is that they're so descriptive. But I like that about them. I like that about them. I do like, I know this isn't popular. I like The Hobbit better than the series. I haven't read The Hobbit since sixth grade, I so I don't know. I love The Hobbit. Um, I just thought it was just so great, and it was so encapsulated. It was a perfect-sized fantasy. I think The Hobbit is what really made me like fantasy. Oh, fantasy. yeah. It's probably um, the first fantasy book I ever read that was like a chapter book. Yeah. That was yeah. like just straight fantasy. Yeah. So um, that was something I really liked about The Hobbit is special because I think it's the first like fantasy fantasy mm. book that I really loved. Because back then there wasn't a ton of like kids fantasy that wasn't really like a big genre yet. There wasn't no, There wasn't those... really young adult books when we were that yeah. age. Not yet. Not the way it is now. And so, yeah, I think that's the book that kind of got me into that. And so The Hobbit just holds a special place outside of all the other books in the series. Have you ever read the like sim- similar? No. No. That I've like picked that up on someone's coffee table and been like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I no, like I it, but I can't do the deep dive. I might read a book like that for the Harry Potter universe, but I couldn't do it yeah. for Lord of the Rings. I also didn't 
watch the Hobbit movies. I've only seen I, the Lord of the Rings. I've heard movies. that the movies are not good. That's why I didn't so watch them. I didn't, them. Watch, I didn't yeah. watch them either. Um, All right. Okay. We've come to the moment of truth. Okay. So do you think that we should say what we will we would vote for and then what we think the winner will be? Yeah. Okay. So, so you go sh- first. <laughs> <laughs> so let's first let's say if we had to vote, we're voting for the, before the final PBS episode what we think the what we would pick as out of these 10 is our the great the great american book that americans love the great book that americans love um harry potter yeah me too i just i can't not i have more attachment to it than the others even though i like all the books on the list if harry potter wasn't on the list like if this was a list of only american authors yeah i could choose someone oh for sure but harry potter is on the list and i think that harry potter has this is gonna sound so cheesy i really think that harry potter and it all the like so that surrounds Harry Potter has really changed like the world in the way that people talk about books. So, and mm-hmm. like the way fandoms grow and, um, well, they say that statistically people who read Harry Potter, the kids are like more accepting. Yeah. Of other people, because people it's all about racism. It's a veil yeah. racism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like Harry Potter. And then if Harry Potter wasn't on here, I would probably pick either Chronicles of Narnia or Pride and Prejudice. Um, yeah, I feel like if Harry Potter wasn't on here, I'd pick Pride and Prejudice. Because, yeah, and, yeah. So, um, as for what I think is going to win, I feel like some people are going to be like, it should be an American author mm-hmm. who wins. Um, I, my guess is that I think To, to Kill, Kill a, a Mockingbird, Mockingbird is going to win. Yeah. Even though I do think that it's perhaps problematic, though I can't say for sure until I've reread it yeah. as an adult. I think To Kill a Mockingbird is going to win because I think that more people are going to be like, I have to vote for an American author. Mm-hmm. And then that is, I feel like that is the quintessential book that people think of when they think of books they had to read in high school, but actually liked. Yeah. I want to point out that I, when I was thinking, oh, what's the great American novel that Huckleberry Finn isn't on here because it sucks. I don't think it's a great American novel, but it's but not that's, but that's is, I feel like the reason that Huckleberry Finn is on every school list is because it is considered the great American novel. Mm. I think like people who write curriculum or whatever, who made those Ooh. decisions, it's like To Kill a Mockingbird and The Great Gatsby and Huckleberry I, Finn are the is, are like, I like Mark Twain, right? And so, I, but I think the fact that this is a people voted list proves that people don't like Huckleberry Finn. People also don't like Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, it's also not on here. You and like Great Gatsby. Yeah, but I still have only read it once when we were in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know what one I'm surprised isn't on here that I would have thought, um, just because of I, how, how high school boys who read it in our high school reacted, is Catcher in the Rye. That was in the 100, I think. Okay. But it got voted out. So so was Huckleberry Finn was in the 100. Um, because I feel like a lot of these books... Catch are, the, I like Catch on the Rye, but I don't... It didn't stick with me. You know? Well, I don't think it stuck with me either, but I think a lot of these books are books that girls have a connection to, which well, might just be that it's mostly women voting in the Great American Read. Right, because it's, it's not... It's like American Idol. It's all 14-year-olds. Yeah. There's no control. So yeah. um, that probably has something to do with it. But I felt like in high school when we were reading it, it felt like the book that the guys in our classes had the most to say about was Catcher, or Catcher in the Rye. Doesn't that like gross you out now? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that book. I liked it fine, but now when I think about the themes in that book and the fact that all the young boys liked it, I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not a good thing. I mean, it has something to do with how the voting is that that's not up here higher because I bet. Yeah, and I appreciate the books that are on here that aren't like 
that aren't genre or you have to read in school. Like Little yeah. Women, Gone Charlotte's with the Web. Wind, Jane Eyre. Those aren't books you have to read in school and they're not like Lord of the Rings that's like in a different genre, yeah. you know? And so I feel like that's, people have had to st- seek those out on their own mm-hmm. to get to read them. And it's interesting because doing the podcast, we're reading the English language books that we've read are mostly like pretty obscure classics. Yeah. And you can tell the difference between those books, like the Chronicles of Barset and Pride and Prejudice or Jane Eyre mm-hmm. or Little Women, even though they're both original English. You can't really compare the other languages because it's that we didn't have access to those books. Yeah. But the ones that are originally English language, it's like, oh yeah, like there's a reason that people aren't voting for this or reading it all the time after the yeah. same. And it's been, it's long, been the same amount of time. Too wordy yeah, or, or just the theme, too... the themes aren't as universal or I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what book wins. And if you're listening to this, you will already be able to know because I'm going to release this episode on the same day that the uh, final vote is being released. So that's super exciting. I think we'll link it up together. I'll tag it in here. So excellent. All right. So uh, until then, you can rate and review us on iTunes slash Apple podcast. That's always great. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Litzy at 1001 Books Pod. Yes, and Litzy at 1001 Books Podcast or email us at 1001 Books Podcast at gmail.